This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Black MP Living Water. Black MP Living Water is here for all your essential minerals and hydration needs. This water has no sweeteners, no preservatives, or dyes. Go get your Black MP Living Water today at your local convenience stores or grocery stores, or visit them online at blackmp.com and use promo code inside the pylon to get an additional 35% off today. Thank you for watching another edition of Inside the Pylon. Fidel Barraza here alongside with Chris Arzola and our special guest. He covers the Raiders for Sports Illustrated Fan Nation Las Vegas, Hondo Carpenter. How's it going? Hey, Chris. Hey, Fidel. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. So, Hondo, let's get right into it. So, Raiders 1-1 in the season. Um, Got the win week one against Denver. Last week against Buffalo, it looked promising. First drive, scored a touchdown, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo to Devontae Adams. And after that, it was kind of like, you know, Jimmy uh, Garoppolo throws a pick and the game is essentially over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, what was fascinating to me is I expected the Raiders to lose when the schedule came out. I predicted it. And then before the season, when I did my second prediction, I still had them losing. There's no shame in going up to Buffalo. Obviously, I was there. I was in West Virginia with them all week. There's no shame in going up to Buffalo and losing. A lot of teams are going to lose in Buffalo on the road and at home this year. But I think the way they lost it, you know, for the first 40%, maybe 45% of the game, the defense looked good. And I know that a lot of people who just read stats will look at 38-10 and say, well, the defense cost them the game. And if you say that, you're certainly welcome to any opinion that you have. But I think that clearly you didn't watch the game and you're not analytical because in talking to several players and executives around the league this week, um, including some with Buffalo, that defense just wore down. I mean, they had the Buffalo had the ball for 40 minutes. The Raiders had it for 20. The offense could get nothing going. and And the defense had some key fourth down stops, some goal line stops, and they just ran out of gas. And they're any any team's gonna run out of gas if they don't have time to get a break. And certainly that's what happened to the Raiders. And, and, and in the NFL, games can get away so quickly, and that one did. Luckily, they all caught one. Yeah, Hondo. So obviously the, a big game plan for the Bills was to stop Josh Jacobs. And they were able to do that, right? Josh, I mean, he rushed for negative yardage. Uh, week one, uh, he had a decent game. He looked a little bit rusty. Now, do you feel like that's him, Not that because he wasn't at training camp, that he's having a little bit of a slow start? Um, I think certainly that that is some of it, but I don't think that's the massive part at all. Even the Broncos tried to load the box and stop them. They're just not as good as the buff as Buffalo. And that's the, the the recipe for beating the Raiders in 2023. You stack the box and make Josh Jacobs, make Jimmy Garoppolo beat you with his arm. I think that's something he can do. You know, I said before the season, I thought the Raiders were a nine win team. Um, I've seen nothing to change my opinion there. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. They may steal a game and get to 10 and sneak into a playoffs, but would lose in the first round. But the thing that sticks out to me, 
Fidel and Chris and, and all of your listeners is this. I said last year, you don't get rid of Derek Carr to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. Now that's been on the record. So I'm, I don't mind being held accountable to that, but I have an article coming probably next week that is going to take you inside with quotes and everything else of how the Raiders got to where they are in 2023. And I think Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels deserve um, someone to tell the truth. You know, Tom Brady was coming here and then some things happened in Tom Brady's personal life that precluded him from coming here to play, but he could be an owner. And so then they had to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. I firmly 110% believe if there, if Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels knew that they were going to have Jimmy Garoppolo in 2023, um, that they probably would have handled things different with Derek. I know going into the Pittsburgh game, they were still on team Derek. They were still believing him. They were, they were fighting and believing that this guy and on the plane ride back, they knew it wasn't going to work. Now that's not a slam on Jimmy. Jimmy's a very good quarterback and Jimmy is better for the Josh McDaniels system mm -hmm. than Derek Carr. Now there are two camps in the Raider nation. There's the first one. They're going to hear that and say, Hondo's a dumb fat idiot. I might be because um, he hates Derek Carr, which is not true. Derek's a friend of mine. But it's a factual statement that Derek in this system did not work well together. Jimmy is a better fit for this system, and they're not going to change the system. So in that case, you go get a quarterback that fits your system. I think Jimmy's going to be fine. I'm not. There's been nothing. My biggest concern with Jimmy is his health. If he can stay healthy for 17, I think they win nine. But this team is just it's going through. Everyone's going to take their lumps in Buffalo. But I'll say this, Fidel, right here on your podcast. They're going to go back to Allegiant on Sunday night and get to two and one. They're going to beat Pittsburgh. Yeah, me and Chris are on the same boat as you are. Uh, we cannot wait to uh, to read that article next week. Uh, but let's talk, Honda. Let's talk about an article that you released today. Uh, the NFL team executive thoughts on the Raiders. So before you hopped on, me and Chris were having a conversation about Hunter Renfro. Uh, Chris, do you have the stat line in front of you? Yeah, you know, currently right now for the season, Hunter Renfro has gone one reception for 23 yards. And so obviously we were talking about the, you know, the article as far as like, you know, what you put out and just about the offense, but go ahead, but I'll continue. Yeah. I just want to read this real quick. Uh, executive number one, you can't have Hunter Renfro and not involved. You just can't have Josh McDaniels has an entire system to get rid of the ball quickly. Honda, what do you think is yeah. going on with Hunter? Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you a couple of things. You may remember I was the first to report last year that I would be shocked. I never said it was imminent if he was on the roster, and he is. And he's a great player. There was no animosity. He didn't hate the Raiders. The Raiders didn't hate him. I'm not going to get into why I said it, but I've done a lot of interviews with Hunter since I reported it. Clearly, if I was lying, he, he um, would have called me out or not done the interview at least. Um, and And – you know, even he talked about when training camp came along, you know, he sat down and talked with Ziegler, talked with um, Josh. He was looking forward to this year. A lot of people are saying, well, the Raiders aren't aren't um, doing much because they don't want him to get hurt. That is, you're welcome to any opinion you want. But I would warn people something that my grandmother taught me. Better to be thought a fool than open your mouth and prove it. If they were worried about Derek getting hurt, he wouldn't be on the, I mean, about Hunter getting hurt, he wouldn't be on the field. 
and he's out there. Now, there's a couple reasons why. And in game one, now remember, I'm not a fan. So I'm approaching this as a journalist. My job isn't to, to attack the administration or defend the administration. My job's not to do it to coaches or players. My job's to gather information and give people all the information and then allow them to assimilate it and make their own opinion. Yeah. In game one, they ran a lot of two tight end sets that didn't have Hunter on the field. And then one of the things the Broncos did is they stacked the box and put pressure so Jimmy, man, he heard them footsteps quick. Now, remember, the system that Josh McDaniels runs is predicated on getting the ball out very quickly. So let me explain to you. I know that Fidel and Chris, you know, but for your listeners, let me explain. And watch this the next time you watch the Raiders on television or if you're at Allegiant Stadium. The first thing that happens when Jimmy Garoppolo breaks the, breaks the, line, the huddle is he does what's called the pre-snap read. He's going to look at what the defense is. So let's assume for this uh, discussion that we're having, it's a play that's going to go to Hunter over the middle. And he looks and sees that there's a corner on him and a shading safety. So he knows he's in double coverage. Instantly, the pre-snap read is, I'm going to go away from Hunter because they're in, they're in double coverage. Someone else is going to be open. So he goes and looks and he sees a Devante. Great. The play gets hyped. Now if a team changes and instead blitzes the linebacker and Hunter's in one-on-one, -on -one, well, Hunter gets open quicker than anybody. But the problem is, is you at home see, yeah, but look at Hunter was open. Jimmy didn't want to throw it to him. Had nothing to do. There were several plays, and Hunter and I talked about this, so I know it's factual, where Hunter was the primary player. But the pre-snap read says you don't go to him because teams were shading, trying to show double coverage because he is that deadly. Now, in game two, there was some of that, but not as much. And I, again, I could excuse it in game one because that's my job as a journalist. Does, does this argument make sense? And it did. It was fair. It was germane. But in game two, it just wasn't there. Uh, there were they were there were times he wasn't shading and wide open, and Jimmy looked at what his read was and went there quickly. I understand that Josh McDaniels wants the ball out quick. I get that, and I think it's one of the good things about the system. And it's one of the reasons why it didn't work with Derek, who liked to hold the ball. Now, that being said, if we're looking at an extra 30% of a second for Jimmy to look off when all of a sudden they slide over and you got double coverage on the guy that the pre-snap read was is in double and get that ball away, this line can get him that extra half a second. That, that's not the issue. It's just adjusting. Remember, Jimmy's been out a long time, too. And so it's adjusting to pace of game. It's adjusting how people are playing them. And excuse me. And it's it's getting the system together. It's basically a new team learning how to play with each other. Now I'm going to tell you this. I also reported this this week. Sources very close to the situation told me that Josh is irate that Hunter's not involved. Now irate isn't boy. I hate Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not what I'm saying. He's angry because this system is not far off. And I want to give you a couple of examples, guys. I'm not trying to manipulate your podcast. Can I have a couple minutes to explain of something course. quick? Is that yes. what you More than welcome. I want to be I want to be respectful. I'm your guest. But I'm gonna give you a couple of things. Um, in the article I released today where I got NFL executives to talk about the team, one of the questions I asked them was can you pinpoint what's wrong with the Raiders, what went wrong with the Raiders in the last three quarters of the of the game against Buffalo. And all of them said it wasn't, the scheme was good. 
The scheme wasn't the issue. Now, I've had some people say, well, of course they're going to say that. They want to puff up the, the, the Raiders and they're not going to tell the truth. Well, these are people I'm friends with. These are people one, I mean, that, that I'm, I'm close to. My wife and I are, are friends with them. We go out to eat with them. We do things with them. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I've done this for so long. I know who I can trust. Then there are some people that tell you something and you have to wait because you want to fetter out what they say so you can learn if they're a valuable source. These are people I trust who are going to tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. And they all said, it isn't the scheme. It's one play, this guy makes a mistake. And then the next play, everybody does it right, but this guy makes a mistake. And they told me, to me, it looked like a team that's just the second game of the year. And, you know, they only have three uh, preseason games now. They don't practice hard like they used to. It's an adjustment period. And remember, um, this didn't go in my article, so this is something I haven't even used in my own podcast. This will be something exclusive to you guys. And But one of the guys told me, because I said, well, your team didn't, you know, um, when you got a new quarterback, didn't have that issue. And he said, yeah, because our quarterback was out throwing all offseason, you know, in a local park. And Jimmy didn't get any of that. None of it. He didn't get any of the early, you know, the throws and OTAs, mini camps, none of the going out to the parks like we saw with Derek Carr. And I thought that was a very germane argument. So, again, I understand fans get that name because it's short for fanatic. And I respect that. I don't have a job without the fans. People are certainly welcome to go off the deep end if they want. But to panic on this team after two games when they're one and one and still leading the AFC West. And there are legitimate, germane reasons for the struggle. I think you step back and say, okay, the if you had expectations of a Super Bowl, I think you were unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a nine-win team, if Jimmy stays healthy, is, is very fair. I think they've got that team. I think the defense is better than what you saw for legitimate reasons that I've already talked to you about and were in my article. Uh, again, I, do I think the Raiders are a Super Bowl team? No. Are they an AFC West champion? No. Are they a nine-win team that's improving? Absolutely, and I stand by that. Hondo, another uh, quote that I want to go over is on the Raiders' defense, like executive two, essentially saying that he didn't understand the move moving from Yannick Ngakwe, uh, that's still in his 20s, to uh, Chandler Jones, that he's in his 30s. And essentially, um, the one thing that this team or the coach and the the GM valued was that he was an expatriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me just say this. First of all, neither of none of the people I talked to thought Unique Ngakwe was the second coming of Max Crosby. So I want to make sure that's clear. But um, I'm going to get into next week a little bit more on Chandler. So I don't want to say too much here, but I'm going to say this to you. Um, I think there were some warning signs in Arizona of uh, maybe some things that are manifesting now. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of guys, you you know, one GM said to me, it was a GM, how many guys over the age of 30 on the defensive line are high producers? Yeah. And now listen, neither of these guys has an axe to grind against Ziegler and McDaniels. In fact, um, both of them know them pretty well. One of them, I think, would be considered a friend. And so they weren't ripping them, but they were saying, you know, that's one of the things about the Patriot way is you almost believe in the guys you've had too much. And one of them said, and it didn't get in my article, is, you know, how's that working out now that Tom Brady's not your quarterback? 
And I thought that was a very viable point. And so they're like, do you not think they would be better with Unique, who we're not saying is the second coming, but he had a very good year with the Raiders his year yep. here. Mm-hmm. And you keep him, you save all the money that you invested into Chandler Jones. Again, I'm I, the loss of Chandler Jones. He was not the Chandler Jones of old, but he did give maximum effort, and you've got to respect him for that. But now the Raiders are getting a Tyree Wilson, who I want to say this, anyone calling him Clee Farrell 2.0 doesn't know football because they're completely different football players. True. Completely different. Yep. Number one, even if he is a boss, which he might be, he's not Cleveland Farrell 2.0. He is a freak of nature who is very raw. That no one in the NFL I spoke to thought he was a a, a year one starter unless it was later in the year. Mm -hmm. He was injured, missed 80% of camp. Now, they all felt, I mean, I talked to multiple NFL teams that had him in their top of their boards. There were teams wanting to move up, calling the Raiders to get Tyree Wilson, and more than one, by the way. So, which is, that's never been public. So that's something, another thing I broke right here on your podcast. But what happened is, is this guy gets pressed into into, uh, service immediately, and he's not ready. Now, this is the next man up league. He's got to be ready. He's going to get those reps. Malcolm Kuntz, guys, I mean, I think we can all agree I have low expectations for rookies, mm-hmm. but he's been around here long enough. He needs to be yeah. showing more. I believe in Malcolm. That's not an attack. That's a, I believe in him. Mm-hmm. That's a, that that's a, I think Malcolm can do it, but he's got to do more. And the Raiders not have. Sorry, Hondo, you, you cut off. And so losing them has hurt them. Guys, we can hear you now. Yeah. 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 So so losing Chandler and then having, I mean, if they didn't have Chandler and there was a lot of, you know, question marks, they may not have taken Tyree. But I mean, I, I think Tyree, he has all the talent in the world. This kid has the ability to be special, and he has a hard worker. But, you know, you're asking him to do something that's not fair. It's like asking Muggsy Bogues to play center in Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Now, he could go play shooting guard or point guard, but he's not a center, just like you wouldn't ask Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to be the point guard. You're asking him to do something that's not fair. I have no problem with being critical of players. I have problems with people who are critical of players who don't analyze the situation and make fair criticisms. And today's hot take society, and let me just say, by the way, I like Stephen A. Smith. I've met him several times. Him and I share a very close mutual friend, and I really like Stephen A. But in today's society where so many people see Stephen A. and they want to be the next one, well, you're not. And so don't make hot takes that you don't go out and research. So if you say, well, he's Cleve Farrell 2.0. Well, first of all, they play two different positions and the Raiders tried to move Cleve Farrell to be something he wasn't, number one. Number two, they're completely different. Number three, Tyree Wilson has skills and athletic ability that Cleve Farrell never had. Yeah. So again, they're not the same. 
Don't try to make the hot take unless you want people to not take your argument seriously. There needs to be more from Tyree. Everyone agrees with that. But the reason there isn't, you got to look at that so that when you criticize Tyree, you can be fair. Yeah. Hondo, uh, my last question, and I'll let Chris chime in after this. A lot of uh, Raider Nation is asking, why didn't they draft Jalen Carter from Georgia? I've reported this multiple times. There were several teams that Jalen Carter was off their board, off-field issues. Mm -hmm. And you can't be the Raiders who have gone through what you've gone through. We know about rugs. We know about other issues that have plagued this team with the Gruden and other stuff and be taking those risks. Jalen Carter would not have fit in Las Vegas. So all these people who want Carter now, I know a lot of very big teams that said we wouldn't take Carter until the third round. And I wrote this before the draft. He was the most talented player in the draft. The Raiders weren't going to take him. He wasn't on their board. Because they understood we can't take risks. We need people in here, you know, and just because a guy goes, okay, I, I got a very good friend and his wife is, is very well known now, but when they dated, they were not. And she cheated on him twice and he let her go. Now she's changed her life and they're very good friends. In fact, all of us are very good friends and she changed her life and she's remarried and, and, and she's cleaned herself up and she's different person. She really is. And that's why I'm not going to name her but I'm very proud of her and I love her. But my buddy will get people to say, man, I can't believe you let her go. Okay. Well, if they knew what he and I know about where she was at that point in her life, it would have made sense. I understand 2020 vision is perfect, but he went to a system in Philly where there were enough dogs from Georgia who could control him who could could temper him. And the guy's only two games in. I'm sorry, and I'm going to be blunt. I hope Jalen Carter never does anything to make anyone in Raider Nation say, boy, I'm glad we didn't draft him. I'm not rooting against the kid. That's not the way I operate. But I'm going to tell you something. I was proud of the Raiders letting him go by because they needed him. They wanted him. But they made the decision, listen, we have to think about the long-term viability. We got to think about our community. We got to think about Raider Nation. You don't bring somebody like that if you're not sure you've got the environment to control that. Vegas is a tempting city. I love it. It's a great city to live. But if you're somebody that, that that's never had a lot of money and you got millions in your pocket, and you're known by everybody, and you can do anything you want. It is a tough city. So that's why they didn't take Jalen Carter. And I know for a fact of multiple other teams, that is why his agent was working the phones, begging Philly to pick him, because he knew if Philly didn't, he was going to take a huge drop. Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with talent. It had everything to do with concerns about the person thanks hondo yeah no it makes sense too because the raiders do have a history of bringing in people right that at times they kind of get into some trouble right i mean obviously we've seen it for the past couple of years um obviously i don't need to you know state the guy's names you already know um but you know so 
that totally makes sense as far as, you know, obviously the you know, Raiders taking a look at it, taking a look at Raider Nation, taking a look at the future and saying, hey, you know what, this is just not the right fit for me. So, you know, yeah, you got to applaud the Raiders for, you know, taking a step back and and not bringing in somebody, right, that, you know, that obviously, again, the Raiders have a history of bringing people on that at times they get in trouble, you know. So um, I guess one of the questions I had, Hondo, was, you know, earlier you mentioned as far as two tight end sets, right, you know, Austin Hooper, Michael Mayer. And I guess, you know, between the two right now, you know, they have four receptions between the two of them. Right. And I think what's lacking for the Raiders is going, you know, is, is opening up the middle of the field. Right. And I think that has a little bit to do, obviously, with, you know, the, you know, the tight ends um, also as well. Hunter Renfro down the middle. So what is it going to take for them to open up the middle of the field? Right. To allow them, you know, some running lanes for Josh Jacobs. What is that going to look like? First of all, that's a great point on your part. And you know this if you've watched Josh McDaniels in, in New England. Correct. His offense is predicated on tight ends. Absolutely. And, and 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 so again, that's the frustration. I think it's it's Jimmy getting comfortable, Jimmy understanding, okay, I, I know I got to get the ball out quick, but it doesn't, you know, I, I'm allowed one, two, three throw, not one, two, gone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's gonna take a little bit of Jimmy. You know, remember Jimmy's coming off injury. He hasn't played in a long time, guys, basically a year. And so it's going to be learning that comfort with the system and getting there. Now, I'm telling you, this week in practice, it has been very tough as they're working on it. And and I applaud Josh McDaniels. Now, Josh did something, and I, I discussed it today, but you're the only the second place I've talked about it. When he went in Monday to that team, he took all of the responsibility. Now, I've seen a lot of Raider fans who will say, well, all the coaches do. That's stupid. No. All the coaches may say it in public. But when they get in with the players, it's a different story. Josh walked in and said, listen, this is us. When that many people are struggling, it's us. And didn't come in with a with a, a jackass attitude. There was no arrogance. Um, one player told me I, I fully expected we were going to get chewed, and I'm I'm cleaning up his words. And he goes, it it was almost like they were they were very humble. You know, guys, we we failed. And one of the players, uh, I I don't have my 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 phone my uh, notebook right here. I'd read you the quote. I I read it read it in one of my podcasts. One of the players texted me and said, I'm pissed. When we looked at the film, coach is showing us this is the right scheme. But look, it, somebody makes a mistake here. So we run the play to a quarter and a half later, and a different guy makes a mistake. The play doesn't work either way. And people are like, see, well, that, that play sucks. No, if guys would have done their job, it would have worked. And I thought one of the executives, when they said, I, I like the scheme, it's players, you know, that, that confirmed what the player was saying. So I understand when you're a Raider and your organization has sold you, just win, baby. Mm-hmm. And you buy the tickets. You know, I say this all the time. I go to every game, everything. The thing that every player, every coach, every member of management, Mark Davis, me as a media member, the ushers, the parkers, the ticket takers, and the vendors, there are 10 people in the room, and I just named nine. All nine of those people have one thing in common. They're paid to be there. 
the 10th is the most important who's the fan and they're the ones paying us to be there and so i'm not down on a fan when you say man i'm mad i look it looks like we're back to another season because this is all you've been dealt your organization's told you we're just about winning baby and we've had two coaches take us to a playoff and guess what we fired them both yeah so i get the anger i'm not against raider nation but what I am is doing, which is my job, which is, okay, you know what? Tap the brakes. You have every right to be angry. But hating Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler because they're Patriots, well, guess what? They're not going anywhere. This is your organization. They're going to be back for 24. Mm-hmm. So you know what? You get on board and and you say, okay, I may not like it. I may not understand this. That's why you listen to people who know what's going on. Now, listen, I want to say this. I am in no way the only reporter covering this team who knows uh, who's doing a good job. There's some good ones. And I want to credit those people. But there is so much crap and clickbait BS from people that aren't talking to the people in the building. They're not traveling and going to games. They're not covering this team every single freaking day. And the Raider Nation is so big. That anything they put out, click, 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 click. I'll give you another one. So I've got my question and answer article coming out tomorrow. And I got a question from a fan. Um, I heard a media member say that the Raiders were in discussion for Cam Akers. No. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Why? Because I called people with both organizations. Hey, you talked to the Raiders? About what? Cam? Okay. I talked to people in the Raiders. Hey, you interested in Cam? What? Acres. We got four running backs. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, but people do that to this fan base, and it's not right. You yeah. know, I made a decision a long time ago, and I credit the people I learned from, like Rick Goslin, the Hall of Fame writer, who's my mentor and a dear friend. I have never once set out to print or publish clickbait. Now there's times, guess what? I would get a ton more clicks if I went negative because we have a fan base that has almost become toxic because of all the negativity and I'm not blaming them, but I have decided I'm going to be doing this for decades. It's the only reason I would have left my previous SI job covering college football because I wanted to cover the Raiders, an iconic group like the Raiders. And so let me just say this to you. I'm going to build my reputation on, I may not always like what he says, but he's always given me great and practical inside information, whether I want to hear it or not. And then over the decades, people are like, okay, listen, I may not like what the guy says, but I'm going to go listen. Cause guess what? He's right. Remember a year before Devante came here, I was reporting. Devontae Adams wants to be a Raider. I expect him to be a Raider next year. Mm-hmm. I had people write and say, not happening. Clickbait. Whatever. Well, I was right. And when he signed, those same people were then saying, nobody saw this coming. <laughs> yeah, you know I did because you mocked me. My point is, you just give people good information. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things, and, and I know that Fidel is in TV news and I'm in news. <clears throat> Chris, you are. One of the things that I think that's wrong in America and in politics and news 
sports, everywhere. Is the media now has become a bunch of talking heads that tell you what you should think. I don't need anyone to tell me what to think politically or news or anything else. I'm not stupid. I got three degrees. But what I do need is to somebody to give me the, so when I turn on my evening news, I want to hear the news of the day, not telling me what to think. And then I can assimilate, make my own information. Mm -hmm. In the sports world, we see it all the time. And I'm sorry, that's not what we do. If you do your job right as a media member, you give the information and allow people to make their own opinion. It's why you guys are so successful. It's why people love your podcast. It's why I like coming on you know, your podcast because you're, you're reasonable and sensible people. I think you guys give good information to Raider Nation, which is what I try to do. And I guess birds of a feather flock together. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. Pleasure having you. Well, well, Hondo, thanks for for joining us. Uh, we appreciate your time, and uh, we cannot wait for your new article that's going to come out next week. Hondo, for our listeners and viewers, how can they follow you? Simply go to Twitter at Hondo Carpenter, H-O-N-D-O-C-A-R-P-E-N-T-E-R. And we'll do this. I will unfollow people if you get vulgar. If you use racial slurs, I don't play with it. I just get rid of it. If you want to get vulgar, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, it's not me. But if you follow me on Twitter and say, hey, I heard you on Fidel and Chris, I'll follow you back on Twitter for the next 24 hours. So right now it is uh, 6.34 on Thursday night. So between now and 6.34 Friday night, if you just, if you follow me and say, hey, I heard you on Chris, and Fidel, I'll follow you back. Would love to follow you because people that listen to you guys are some of the best. I'll be glad to follow them. All right, Hondo. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone out there, for watching and listening. We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good night. Thank you.